0: I am with a cross between Martha Stewart and Lucille Ball. Isn't that true, Miss Risa? Yes, it is. And why? Why are you... I love that you... I love that that's how you describe yourself. Um, And in an earlier conversation, we both realized how much I can relate to that. So I want you to just go ahead and... uh, You know, we're both in in a book together. Yes. Called Magnificently Made. And... What is the name of your chapter again?
1: My chapter is titled Prepare and Provide.
0: Prepare and Provide. So originally I thought that we were going to talk about you being the imperfect perfectionist, which I think we're going to be able to get into as well. But then we started to talk a little bit about what prompted your chapter. And then I was like, oh, no, we're going to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) So give us a little insight into what your chapter is about, um, and like what kind of prompted you to write it.
1: My chapter, Prepare and Provide, is about just that, and it's about my need to take care of my family, take care of my friends. And to do that, it taps into my inner Martha Stewart, who is the person who has the lists, checks everything off the lists as things occur, fills in missing pieces, and ends up providing a beautiful, perfect dinner, luncheon, vacation, holiday, whatever, and throughout the chapter, I realized I was touching upon events over which I had had no control, mm-hmm. such as 9 <clears throat> and having a husband who worked downtown in the heart of it, such as COVID,
0: mm-hmm. having
1: elderly family members to take care of in that scenario, and ha- the need to be the provider and to have everything lined up that I was going to need in that moment, but also to serve my need, to feel like in an event in which I had no control and had no expectations of what was coming next, I needed to have a little piece of control. Okay, I can pack the pantry during the two week lockdown of COVID. I can pack my daughter's baby bag in case we had to run out after 9-11 in another attack. So I think that that's where it started. Mm -hmm. And the part about being the imperfect perfectionist, so the Martha Stewart in me had that perfect list. And in executing it, Lucy Ricardo kind of took over. And the Chocolate Factory conveyor belt took over. And Mm -hmm. I realized even with my greatest efforts in being prepared and perfect and have everything covered, stuff just blows up in your face. And what do you do when it does? Lucy can take over and things still happen okay.
0: What do you do when that happens, though?
1: When it blows up. When in you're your an face? imperfect
0: perfectionist, like I, I admitted to you that I am the person mm. who is always going has always gone through her life with her pants on fire. I am just jumping from one thing to the next to the next to the. Th- I try, I try so hard to plan to make lists. I have, I have tried so hard, and I, I have my list, and then I put it down and I put it in a safe place so that I know. Where it is, what I have to go back to look at, and then I forget where I put the list. I mean, that's basically, that sums up my life. I make the list, and then I forget where I put it. I have a million safe places. I find it three years later when I'm trying to find the other things that I put in safe places and I can't find. So what happens when it it doesn't, you know, what happens when it it blows up?
1: If it blows up in a small way, I get very anxious, and I try to get that list and go back to all the things I need to check off done, done, done but when it blows up in my face in such a way that I really can't control anything right i find myself totally surrendering to the situation i can't control it let's just see let's just go and i either give it up to my husband or to my family or to someone else who is better prepared or better able to take care of whatever and right. then i just hand it over right
0: yeah you're um you're that you're that person who I, my type of personality doesn't mind giving, um, the power to, and you know, I don't mean that in a way, you know, we talked about how some people, they say, you know, you're in charge or you're in control and control. I don't know. Control has a very bad rap (laughs) to me. People, when you say, oh, like, you know, she likes control, especially if it's a woman. Oh, she likes to have control. Oh, she's a control freak. No. If you think about it in life, somebody always has to have control somebody always has to know, like somebody has to kind of be at the steering wheel or have a little bit of the reins to say, yeah, I know what direction we're going in or no, don't worry about it. It's going to rain over there. I know how to get around that. It doesn't mean that you're a control freak. It just means that you're the person who's probably the most organized, who probably kind of plans a little bit ahead to avoid as many things as possible because we all like things to go smoothly. You're the type of woman that I would look at and say, the example, here's my money, plan the trip, tell me where we're going, tell me what we're going to do, I'll meet you on the plane. Because for me to sit and have to plan a trip or be responsible for kind of making sure things go smoothly for other people, I'm immediately going to get anxiety. Because it's just not something that I know. It's not something like, planning a trip. I mean, the last trip I went on, oh, this is so embarrassing, is probably seven years ago. I, I don't I, I don't even know if there were travel agents anymore. Like, <laughs> do we go to travel agents? I can remember when I was younger, I went to travel agents. You're the person to me, you, you are a comfort to someone like me, someone who's, who, who doesn't mind being in that position. And I just find it fascinating that on top of all that, you're so nice and, and you're so normal.
1: Normals are really. <laughs> <way. laughs> <laughs> I think that there is a certain payoff, and that's always been my motivation, is the payoff of being so organized and planning the trip and giving you all the details, is that you say, Wow, that Risa, she's got it all together. Wow, yeah. she's the go-to girl when you need XYZ done. But I think part of what it makes me so able to give up the control is that I've learned when I'm out of my league. If I have been able to find somebody to whom I can turn it over because I can't manage it, I'm very happy to do so. See, and
0: that's another thing. I think you're kind of like a perfect balance because a lot of people, I won't say most people, but a lot of people who like to have control don't know how to say, I don't know how to do that, or... No, they want to be the person who can who can start and finish and be everything in between and they for whatever reason they don't know how to say I, 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 I can't I'm gonna to have to ask somebody else or someone else is gonna to have to help me and you're kind of like you're a great balance for that
1: the balance comes after many years of paying a price for being the go-to girl all the time for all the details in any situation because when it works well, yeah, then I'm the savior. Then I'm, you know, the star. Yes. When it doesn't work well or the fear of something not working out well, that brings a lot of tension and anxiety. And after a while you realize, you know what, I can't be perfect. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be perfect. Right. And I don't really want that anxiety of trying to be perfect because I could never do it anyway.
0: So let me ask you something honestly. When it when it doesn't go the way that you see it, when it when it when it's imperfect, um and you kind of sit back and throw your hands up, does it really turn out as bad as you fear it will, or is that just the way that you see it? Is there ever a moment when you look at it and you go, Wait a second all right, it didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to, but you know what? It kind of turned out pretty good.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That happens a lot of times. I think that happens to a lot of people. <clears throat> it happens a lot of times, and that's when I say, did you really need to be so fiercely in control to have it done this way in this order? My husband has this fabulous mantra in his life. and Your
0: husband, who is in the studio with us tonight and refused to come on, but I won't say anything more about that.
1: <laughs> his <laughs> mantra is that we've all adopted... Things always work out in the end. I don't know how, (laughs) but they always do. And damn it if he isn't right. And it kills me to admit when he's right. Yes. Kills me. But he is right so many times.
0: And sometimes, many times, they don't work out the way we intended them to. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, even going deeper into that, although I don't want to go too deep into it, is, you know, that didn't work out any way that I wanted to. I didn't get what I wanted. I didn't get the satisfaction. I didn't get the raise or or the partner or whatever, you know, and that's when we realize, well, that's because it's steering us in a different direction. Definitely. But in everyday life, we beat ourselves up because, no, this is the way I planned it. I did everything that I I, I saw everything through. And I know what's happened to me when I have a moment of clarity and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm really following through with everything. I'm remembering everything. And then my family walks through the door. And they're just kind of, you know, they are a loud, fun, just let's give our older sister a hard time from the second we walk in to the second we leave. And it's like, I'm standing there. Like no, 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 wait a minute. No, I need you to, I need, no, I need you to come here. No. And they're just kind of like in the refrigerator. They're grabbing things off the table. Oh, who did somebody make this? Did you buy it? And you're like, no, 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 this is not how it's supposed to go. And then you just kind of look at them and they're laughing and they're just having a good time. And my nieces and nephews are just kind of in the extra room doing whatever it is that they're doing. Who's in the yard, who's having a beer. And you're like, yeah, this is not what I had in mind, but you know what? It's still really, really
1: good. It's still really, really good. Sometimes the best memories and the best stories come from the worst disasters Yeah. or the worst deviations from what I had in mind. Yep. And at some point in the middle of it all, I do throw my hands up in the air and just say, have at it, right. just have at it, I don't care anymore. When the fact of the matter is, what I really do care about is what's happening, and that's that everybody's having a good time. Right, and you, and you kind of sit back after you
0: throw your hands up in the air, and I, I don't know about you, but for me, I suddenly start enjoying <clears throat> it more. Mm-hmm. Because I realize they're really not expecting anything from me except something to drink and some food. And the rest of it is just, let's have fun, let's play a couple of board games, let's see how many times... You know, let's see how many times we can put our sister in the middle and make her laugh the hardest, or my mother the heart. It just becomes this thing of yeah. It, it the rest of everything that I worried about just doesn't matter.
1: What and, matters is we're
0: here in the moment.
1: Yes, and yet the things that I did take such pains to provide and do and make a beautiful table and have the most beautiful crystal and china and the meal presentation. When I see my nieces doing that, yes. And I hear my brother-in-law say, she's doing it just like Risa. Yeah. Don't think that doesn't give me a little bit of a puffy feeling. Like, oh, she is doing it the way I do it. Maybe I have made an impact that I didn't realize. Yeah. If she's following or somebody is following an advice that I may have given offhandedly a couple of years prior, and they're doing it, and they'll say, you remember you had that conversation with me? And I'm like, vaguely... So there's that other poof, like, I had an impact. I had a positive impact. Yes. So that's the payoff. Yes. But it does come with a price. Yeah. And I'm old enough now to realize that you can just let it go, and as my husband says, it'll all work out
0: somehow. Yeah, because one of the things that being caught up in, I, I needed to go a certain way, is one of, one of the, the drawbacks to that is we're not living in a good moment because we're worried. But it's so wonderful when someone who was in that scenario with us without the worry was living in a moment with us where they picked something up from us and we didn't even realize it. Yes. And then it kind of brings us back to, oh, wow, that, you know what, really was kind of good. I really did have a good time, you know? I really am a great aunt. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I got to pat myself on the back for something. You know, you just, you kind of, yeah. The other thing that I wanted to talk to you about because um i I really you know, I was pretty focused on you talking about what is enough, what is enough? I know for me, um, I think I'm just now starting to settle into my life where I feel like the things that are happening are enough, and i sometimes I wonder, is it my age because i'm you know I'm in my late fifties and am I just letting go of things? Or am I just looking at them differently where I'm like, do I really need that? Is that really going to make me happy? Or am I living in a moment that's enough for me right now? What is your
1: what is your whole take on what is enough? What isn't enough? There's enough in looking at things from a materialistic point of view. Is my home enough? Is my car safe enough? Is my Family, do, does my family have enough of the necessities? Mm-hmm. And it makes me reevaluate, well, what are the necessities?
0: Yeah.
1: And enough, the definition of enough, changes in the situation. What is enough in times of plenty? Do we always want more? Do we always want bigger? Do we always say, oh, this is nice, but it's not nice enough? Rather, looking at it from what is enough? in times of struggle, or what is enough in times of a time in your life when you don't have, then all of a sudden, it doesn't have to be filet mignon on the Limoges, China, the hot dog on the paper plate is certainly enough. Mm-hmm. And there have been enough times in my family where that lesson was brought home, you know, um, My husband and his family came to the United States in the middle 70s to escape the civil war in Lebanon.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: And my father-in-law came with very little money in his pocket, leaving a retail store, a factory, all of his other family, an extended family. And he and his wife brought over two of their five children, my husband being the baby, because he dreamt that there was something bigger and better. Because mm-hmm. what they were fleeing from was very difficult. And very, th- there were many times where there was no electricity, no food, no money, no nothing, so mm-hmm. let's come to America. By contrast, in that period of time when they came, I was a teenager, I was living the quote American dream, I was going to school, getting college scholarships, and you know traveling and doing nice things. So for that family, enough meant let's get a roof over our heads. Let's see if we can start a business and build a second life. For me at that point, it was where are we going on vacation next? Can I get Springsteen tickets? I really want them. Mm-hmm. So it depends what point you're sitting at right. that determines what is enough. Right. And really in the end for me, at this point in time, the definition of enough is to have my family together, To have everybody well and everybody achieving what they want to achieve. Right. After that, it's gravy.
0: Yeah. I don't think most people look at it that way, though.
1: Because we get very caught up in merchandise and shopping and Amazon. Bam, hit a button, it comes to my door tomorrow morning. Yeah. Um, I want more. I want the bigger vacation. I'm not going to be happy to just go down to the Jersey Shore. I have to go to Italy. Right. Well, if you can, great. Yeah, but
0: really, right. I don't begrudge you. I, I mean, right. if, you know, look. If if you can do those things, please, by all means, because I don't want anybody to think like we're we're sitting here and saying, you know, if you have so much, then you have too much. No, it's it, it That's what's enough for you. But I know, I, I know a different perspective, I guess, because um, I've gone through periods of my life where I I had just enough two periods of my life where i i had more than enough for me but what was more than enough for me wasn't enough for anybody else right and i've kind of always learned how to live with enough even when i've had moments when i've had money you know m- most people might you know they might go on that trip or they might buy that new car or they might do something my thing has always been oh my gosh you know what I wonder if I can afford the beach house and treat my friends to come and stay with me, you know, not ask them for money. like, whenever I think of what is enough, it's always a lot less than what I feel like other people feel is enough for them. What, what's enough for them is always more than enough for me. And I have had others say to me, well, you know what? That's because you have a, a mindset of lacking, of always lacking. And I, I believed that for a while. I was like, well, I have to have a mindset. I have to tell myself that I can have that beach house. Not only can I rent it, I can own it. And not only can I go to the to Bermuda, I can go to Europe for two months. Like that's where that's what I'm going to project. That's what I'm going to see and manifest. Until I finally realized, wait a second, I I don't live in a mindset of lacking. I live in a mindset of reality. <laughs> like This is my reality. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that I don't want more, but I've learned how to be happy with what I have. So that if there's any extra coming in, well, let me tell you something. (laughs) I'm going out and I am buying that steak dinner. You know, like, (laughs) because a hamburger, and and I'm sorry, Risa, but on the holidays when I do them, I do not do china. I do plastic and I do paper. (laughs) I go to Hobby Lobby (laughs) and I buy the paper goods that match. But like, for me, it's like that's. Yeah, this is, this is cute. This is nice. This is fun. It's not a mindset of lacking. Right. You know, it's, it's what's enough for us. What's, what's, what works for us and the people that
1: we love? And what works for me, enough changes over time. Yes. Right? It changes over what part of my life am I living in that this is enough. Yes. Yes. And that there will always be somebody with a bigger house, more money in the bank, a better car, and there'll be other people with less than what I have. Yes. And what I have now is more than what I may have had prior and maybe less than what I had initially, but th- right. th- th- it's that balance. And that's why when I refer to myself as the imperfect perfectionist, it's because it's impossible to achieve perfection. Yes. So just let it go and understand that that's enough. Mm-hmm. I am
0: enough. Right. I am doing enough. Yes. And your husband over there would agree that you're doing enough. Thumbs up. <laughs> Thumbs up from the audience. <laughs> so how has this, how did all this affect how you raised your daughter and, and and the woman that she's grown into?
1: So I'm terribly prejudiced and I'm terribly biased. She's oh, please. a great person. Yes. Say she's, it, she's, shout it. She's not just a great daughter. She's a great person. She's a great woman. She's a great human being. She knows how to navigate and find her people. Mm -hmm. And it's because of the people she calls her people that she's able to do what she can do because they're all like-minded. She's a high achiever. She's got the brains to be the high achiever and get the A's. She's got the eye for detail and perfection and organization and color coding, and she's the ringleader, let's get the vacation going, let's go out and get the tickets for such and such. Those are the things she gets from me. Mm-hmm. The things that she gets from my husband, balance that out. So from him, she has incredible patience, mm. she has an incredible tolerance level, okay. and by that I mean she's welcoming and generous to everybody in her life yes. till you cross a certain line. And then she's like, you know what? I don't need to take that. I don't need that drama. I don't need that cancer in my life. Mm. I will still be a friend, but I don't need to bring you in. So she gets that balance. How old is she? 22. Wow. She's, she's amazing.
0: Wow. But I've also,
1: to be that amazing, I also don't want her to think you gotta be perfect. So I say to her, listen to your gut. When that person has crossed a line, handle it a certain way. When you realize you can't be perfect, it's very freeing. Yes. And so you can't be perfect. So don't try to be perfect. Just be the best person you can be. Mm -hmm. Take the lessons that we've given you and make it your own life. I've already lived my life. Right. I hope to have another 25 years of it.
0: Listen, I'm going to put in that order because you know, God owes me a couple of things. Yeah, yeah.
1: so so twenty five at least, uh, in good health while we're asking.
0: By the way, I was just kidding because you know me, I, I I don't joke around God. with God. Yeah, no, no, I put it out there.
1: I, I, I didn't mean it. But um, I just lost my thought. But that happens a lot lately
0: too. I'm sorry. No, we were talking about your daughter and how you've taught her that if you're not perfect.
1: Oh, that's. Not only is it okay to not be perfect, that's how life is. You're not going to be perfect. So don't kill yourself and put yourself down for those times when you can't be. Right. I'm trying to give her that freedom. Yes. To give her that freedom to make the good choices and live her life. That's what I started to say. I've done my life.
0: Mm -hmm. I've
1: had my career. I'm starting a different one now. I've had my, the bulk of my life is behind me. Right. Which is fine because it's been great. Mm Mm-hmm. Yours is ahead of you. Mm-hmm. I can't do it for you, so you right. have my permission and you have Dad's permission to find what it is that really is your path. Yeah. Don't do it to please me. Right. You've got to live it, not me.
0: I I would tell Kayla that too. When Kayla was heading, um, you know, first in in high school, it seemed like there was all this pressure for them to have to decide what they were going to do with the rest of their life. And I can remember having these conversations with her and going. Yeah, don't listen to your teachers and your advisors because you can't do that. It, no, that, that is way too much pressure for someone who's 16, 17 years old. Uh, and then, you know, she was accepted into college and then she was in college and some of her friends that she went to high school with, You know, they started meeting the person, that you know, that guy and who was getting engaged and before they graduated or right after they graduated, who was getting married, who already had a baby. And I was just sitting there looking at her and she was like, I don't know, you know, maybe I'm not. I said, listen to me. The best piece of advice I ever gave you that you probably didn't listen to was your 20s are to figure out who you are, what you want in your life, and what direction you think you want to go in. That's what your 20s are for. Now, again, I have to preface this by saying anyone who's chosen to do it differently, that was your path. And that's what you have to believe. I have friends who met their husbands when they were 15. And I'm not going to say how many years later. No, you know, 40, 35, 40 years later, they are still very happily married. But that's not the path for everyone. I knew with my daughter, no, you're going to need time. And I have to be that person that gives you permission to say it's okay for you to figure it out in your own way, in your own time, at your own pace, without panicking, without listening to everybody else say, well, you know, I know she's in college, but is she working part time? Is she doing this? Is she doing it? You know what? I don't know. My daughter's coming home with great grades. You know, she's three hours away. She's safe. I guess I guess she's doing okay. She's figuring it out because this is her time to figure it out away from me you know, to find her people and say, okay, these are the people that I can rely on. These are the people that I can move with. Um, And it's a very, it's a, it's a very interesting time because that's when you start to see the pieces of you that come out in them. The pieces of your husband, their dad come out in them. With my daughter, it's pieces of my mother. I look at her sometimes and I'm like, I swear to God, you should have been grandma's daughter and I should have been the granddaughter (laughs) because... (laughs) You are so much more together than I ever was at your age. But that is a reflection on who their parents are and what we've taught them. And going back to enough, I think in all the things that we teach them, we teach them they're enough. Mm you are enough.
1: Wherever you are, you're enough. I think the listening to your gut part, Mm -hmm. she's already got that down. Yes. For the most part. I might push her a little bit. Why don't you want to go to summer school? It'll make your fall workload a little easier. Why don't you consider this coming from the point of wanting you to pursue it and and do it if you want because it'll be great. And I've learned through a couple of instances with her, once I say it and she says no the second time, I have to shut up Mm -hmm. because I have to learn to trust her because I believe – she knows herself better than I think I give her credit for. Yes. And in the end, whatever choice she has made, whether it's not going to summer school or doing this job as opposed to that job, has worked out for her. Right. So I'm hoping and praying that she has either listening to my words or having them in her brain when she sleeps, that that's been helping her to put the two pieces of her parents together to find her middle ground.
0: Yes. Yes. I've always told Kayla, look, at some point you're not going to listen to everything I say because before 18 you have to. <laughs> but once you hit 18, once you head off to college, you don't, you don't have to take anything that I've said to you with you. You're, you have the freedom, you will have the freedom to make your own choices. Um, the things that I tell you, utilize them as bumpers. I told her, you know, like a child when they go bowling, they put up the bumpers in the gutters so that, that you so that you know, the kids don't get a gutter ball. I said, you know, use me as a bumper system. You don't necessarily have to get the strike. and <laughs> You don't necessarily have to throw the ball the way I teach you to. But when you're in doubt or you start to feel like you're in trouble, and there have been moments when she found herself in situations that I don't think she would thought she would find herself in, Where later on she said to me, All I kept thinking was, All right, this is what my mom told me. And that was a moment for me that I thought, Okay, she's gonna be okay because she's making her decisions. She's finding herself sometimes in situations that she's gotta really stop and think, If I pivot this way, I really don't know how that's gonna go. I could get lucky, I may not. If I pivot this way, then I know I can navigate myself out of it. And she made the right choices and it made it a little bit easier for me to pull back and say, okay, this kid, she's, she's got it. She's, she's got it and she's always going to need me, you know, but she's always going to have the things that I taught her. And I feel like that's how you, that's how
1: you see your daughter as well. I hope so. Yeah. Someone said to me a while ago, ah, she just graduated college. Your job's done. Relax. I'm like, my job is not done. Never. I said, these are the hard years, Yes. in my mind. These are not the physically hard years with diapers and play dates and picking the right summer camp. It's the years of, I wanna make sure you find your friends. I want you to make sure you find friends of good quality. I want to make sure that you're safe Yes. when you're doing whatever it is you're doing in your wonderful life. And teaching you that it's okay to be
0: perfectly imperfect. Yes. Yes, that's the biggest lesson. We're, we're all perfectly
1: imperfect and we're all enough. And I've always said about my wonderful husband of 26 and a half years, he's not perfect. <gasps> You're and not? I'm not perfect. <gasps> but we're perfect for each other. Oh,
0: my God. I think you just made me want to get married again. <laughs> Nobody's ever made me want to get married again. I've wanted to get engaged again just so I could have another diamond on my finger because that gets a little lonely, but I think you just made me want to get married again. <laughs>
1: And that goes to... Do you have a brother?
0: Oh. (laughs) Listen, you got to try. Yes. You got to say, hey, listen, I'm at an age now where I'm looking at men my age and going, so is your dad still alive? (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, if he could walk and he can feed himself, I'm good. (laughs) Oh, my God. I just took a really serious conversation and completely blew that to bits. But see, I'm enough. I'm enough for an 80-year-old man. <laughs> but no, you. I mean, I, I did have the pleasure of meeting with you before we came on and like really just sitting and talking and really wanting you to be on this as well. But this actually went the way it was supposed to. This went the way it was supposed to because this was exactly the conversation I was hoping that we would have. Um, so that just means that when I'm ready to talk about marriage and have couples come on, you're my couple goals. You're the one, you're the one that you're the two that are coming on. You're the two that I'm going to sit and have that really hard conversation with, because even though I'm divorced, I told you, I I did not have a bad experience being married. You know, I'm, I'm still the one who's married, who's friends with her ex and always will be. But so we'll, we'll get him on here behind the microphone. Oh, with he, us. he
1: always tells me that's the next book.
0: That's the next, that's book. the
1: next book. He says, that's your solo book. That's your book. That's going to turn into a movie.
0: I really wish everybody could see like the big smile on his face right now, like the way that you look at each other and he's just <laughs> sitting there so proud of you. And so like, it really is. Yeah, you're going to completely get me off topic here. So <laughs> we got to go back to it. Obviously, you are both more than enough for each other. Yeah. Yes. And that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. But thank you. Thank you for having the conversation about perfectly, being perfectly imperfect, because yes, we all are, and reminding people that they are enough, you know, and maybe if we don't tell our kids enough, we have to tell our kids. I I don't know that I told Kayla that when she was younger, as much as I should have. I think I learned as she got older, I need to, I need to make sure she understands she's got this, you know, that. That she's good, that she's, she's good and she's more than enough and she's capable. So maybe that's um, a little bit of a message people can leave this conversation with us with. Yes. That would be wonderful. Yes. So thank you, Miss Risa.
1: Oh, Maureen, thank for you coming for coming on and talk, me.
0: talking with me and just having a conversation, which I love to have. And, and uh, we'll have you guys back on together real soon.
1: This journey started with his words. When I said, do you think I should do this? Meaning the book, Magnificently Made Anthology. He said, if not now, when? So, if not now, when? Mm-hmm. It is now. And my next question is, when again?
0: When again? What's next?
1: Yes, absolutely. What's, what's next? next? I'm ready for it.
0: All right, love. Thank, Thank you. you so much. This was so much fun. Thank
1: you for having me. I
0: know. It took me a while to get her here, by the way. I just want to let everybody know. I've been waiting for this conversation for a while. I hope but, I didn't
1: uh, let you down. <laughs> you, you, f- you
0: far exceeded any of my hopes and dreams. I won't say expectations because uh, I come in here, you know, always knowing that I'm going to have a great conversation. But, yes, it was wonderful. It was, it was as great pleasure. as I thought it would be.
1: My pleasure from start to finish.
0: All righty. Thank, Thank you so you. much.